Alicia, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. Morning, Cash. Morning, Zach. Actually, it's not morning. No, I was a little thrown off by it, but I was going to roll with it because, hey, no one can see what time it is when we're doing this. Nobody knows when we're doing this. No. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We are goofy and I love it. So, you know, you you said you didn't necessarily like to banter back and forth sometimes whenever we do these. So I'm just going to start off with one of those old debates that we used to have. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I saw a leaf change colors earlier, and that can only mean one thing. That is right. We are in autumn, which the weather is perfect. So are you a pumpkin spice or an apple cider kind of guy when it comes to these nice chilly winter months? Man, I, I hate to say it, but I am more of a pumpkin guy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> are you kidding me? So one of my favorite things is a pumpkin muffin. And by the way, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my favorite teachers at the school only because she does mostly the cooking okay, and she feeds the fat need that I have. And one of the things they make every year, Miss Pilger, which you are awesome, is she makes pumpkin spice muffins that has cream cheese icing on top of them that are divine. So something might be able to change my mind. I don't know how you've never brought any of these muffins or sent a text or anything. You really think they're going to leave the building out of my grass for somebody else to eat? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, you're sadly mistaken, sir. Man, okay, that does sound heavenly. I don't think an apple cider muffin really can compete with a <laughs> pumpkin spice cream cheese icing that we got. So I can understand why you're going to pick it. There you uh, go. I really do. That sounds amazing. All right, I, I think you just settled this debate and changed me <laughs> in the matter of seconds. But bravo! Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Hey, so is she going to be selling these at any no, point in time? No, 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 just out of the kindness of her heart. And no, no, sometimes no. you get lucky, you find some of those amazing parents that just love their faculty and staff so much. Right. So I'm going to give you a quick recipe, and this is completely improv. By okay. The way. If you take three ingredients, mm-hmm. okay, just three. Don't add anything. Don't okay. Cake mix. Okay. Pumpkin pie filling, which is in a can. Doable. Okay. And caramel, you know, like, you know, like you get Hershey's, like you put in chocolate chips and yeah. stuff, like little chips, but you can get them in caramel chips, right? Those three ingredients in a bowl, mix up, put them in a, a muffin tin, whatever like that, bake them like muffins. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have some of the best caramel pumpkin uh, cupcakes you've ever had. You don't even have to have icing out of the Just world. that good? Oh, and does, uh-huh. does the cake mix matter? Like, are we just doing like yellow like, cake? Typically, or? I do yellow cake because okay. I'm a yellow cake fanatic. Understandable. I mean, my favorite cake is yellow cake with chocolate icing, you know, milk chocolate, yep. dark chocolate. Shame on anybody else. Um, you know, or it's just golden, but yellow is where it's at. That's what I grew up on. Um, but yes, somebody told me this. It's a three-part recipe. Try it. Uh, I messed up the first time horribly. I tried to add the eggs like I was making a cake yeah. mix. And I was like, why is this sweet? <laughs> you know, and then I realized, oh. Too much moisture. <laughs> That's uh, what the pumpkin pie is like. Yeah. Uh, so then I tried it a little way. Man, me and my son, we're, we're murdering. It's just, it's unbelievable. Okay. Here we go. See, we are out here cooking, entertaining, and educating. And Absolutely. I couldn't Absolutely. be happier with the things that Absolutely. we do. Well, look, man, let's get to our jokes. Got some good one this week. These are a little more risque. I'm I, leaning out here a little bit. You might tell me, no, we want to get away from this. There might only be one joke by the time that we get done with this. So just be prepared if you're yep. wondering why we're a little That's short right, right now. That's right. All right, Cash, you ready for this one? Yep. Do you want to hear a Nazi knock-knock joke? No, not really. Come on, knock-knock. Who is there? We will ask the questions around here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to anybody that is listening to us. I, I can't thank you enough for sticking around with us for this talk. 
Oh, right. my goodness. All right, Cash, last one. You ready? No. <laughs> Cash, last week I visited my therapist, and he said all wounds heal in time. So I stabbed him. We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> We're off the rails. Yeah, we, we have derailed today. What do you call it? I've definitely gone in a different direction. But, hey, it was fun. I can't thank you. Look, this was Derek and Robert. I appreciate those emails, guys. Trust me, I was laughing in my office for a good several minutes. Well, guys, I hope you all enjoyed that. We got a good little tickle. But uh, if that made you cringe and this is not the place for you after listening to that, we understand. And if you want to sell your house fast and get it off the market with a quality realtor team, there is no one better than Team Couch of Birch Realty. Guys, if you call our friend Brian and anyone on his team, they will help you out. And right now, they are offering a free market analysis. That's right. I said free, no obligation. If you call or email or just chat in person, whatever, and let them know your address and have questions, they will take care of you. This is a full-service realtor company that's been doing it for many years. They have done over 25,000 closings and have over 60 years experience. They are truly the best in DeSoto County. Heck, they've been voted that way several times. Guys, go to their website, which is teamcouch.com, or you can call the office at 662-449-1700 or call Brian personally on his cell at 901-461-7653. Guys, it's time for that motivational message. And this week, we've got a cool one. This was from the character off your favorite TV and movie shows, Medea. And she has a great message about how there are so many different types of people that can affect your life. And it's a great analogy. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So we're going to go to that now. Some people come in your life for a lifetime. Some come for a season. You got to know which is which. You can always mess up when you mix them uh, seasonal people up with lifetime expectations. They got people that, that got married with people they was only supposed to be with for a season. Listen, I put everybody come in my life in the category of a tree. Some people are like leaves on a tree. Wind blow, they over here, they unstable. Season change, they wither and die, they gone. That's all right, that's some people. Most people in the world are like that. They just there to take from the tree. They ain't there to do nothing but take and give shade every now and then. That's all they can do. But don't get, don't get mad at people like that, that's who they are. They ain't gonna never be nothing, that's what they put on this earth to be, but be what they are, a leaf. Some people are like a branch on that tree. You gotta be careful with them branches too, cause they'll fool you. They'll get there and make you think they're a good friend and they're real strong, but the minute you step out there on them, they'll break and leave you high and dry. But if you find you two or three people in your life that's like the roots at the bottom of that tree, you are blessed, cause that's them the kind of people that ain't going nowhere. Them roots wasn't there, that tree couldn't live. You understand? A tree can have a hundred million branches, but only a few roots down at the bottom to make sure it get everything it needs. I'm telling you something. When you get you some roots, hold on to them, but the rest of them, let it go. Just let it go. Let folks go. Ain't nobody said it was going to be easy, but it'll get easy when you learn how to love yourself. When you get to a point in your life where you look at people and you go, okay, wait a minute, you are me. You will make a decision. When you're telling folks to do something, they say, look, this thing you're doing right here, that's going to cause a problem. You need to fix that because if we're going to be friends, we're going to be cool, you got to fix that. And if you don't, we're going to have an issue. If you see somebody fix it, or they even trying to fix it, that's somebody that care. Keep them people around. That's a leaf that's trying to grow up and be something else. You understand? But if you tell somebody that what you're doing is hurting me and I need you to stop it, and they keep doing it, they don't care. Move on. Let them go. No matter how much it hurts, let them go. And it'll get easy. I promise you, every day it'll get easier and easier and easier. You just got to make it through.
That is such a fantastic message and just done and illustrated in a way that's very hard to do, but simplistic with what she chose to do. And I couldn't be thankful enough for it. Now, the hard part is trying to decide where to put that person in which category. You know, you're right, Cash. When I was listening to that, which I've listened to it several times, because I just kind of really enjoyed, like you said, it's simple to understand. It's a good, cool analogy. But looking at my group of friends and people who I'm close to, it did help me kind of characterize a little bit. Mm-hmm. There are some of those people you're like, nah. are you a branch? Are you a leaf? Like, yeah. how, how do I put you this? Right. Well, I, it was kind of easy for me to say which one was a leaf, but the branch and the, mm-hmm. you know, the trunk and stuff, that that was a little different. So, But it did open my eyes a little bit, and so I thought it was pretty cool. No, I I really needed to hear that because sometimes you just you don't know, and you always need that message to be like, okay, let me sit and think on this a little bit. I agree 100%. 100%. Guys, something else that's real positive in our area as we always talk about, and that is Michael Hatcher and Associates. If you're looking for a change in your life or your career, this is a great place to look. They have amazing job opportunities at all levels, lower level all the way to higher level, pay from $15 all the way up to $20, $25, depending on your experience. And it's not just like backbreaking yard work. They have several different areas. They have architecture, design, sales, project management, mechanics, such a wide variety. It's a great place with a lot of options. They live by the motto of hire for life and they have great benefits to go along with it to boot. It's a great place to check out, especially if you're considering a change. Go to hatcherlandscape.com and you can see a lot of the options they offer. Also, if you happen to be in the market for landscaping services or a lot of construction that's landscape centric, they are an awesome company to hire to do those as well. But either way it goes, guys, we really encourage you to check them out. You can also call their talent acquisition manager, Gabby, at 662-755-3207. So we had another alderman meeting this past week, and I got to say, it was interesting to see this, so many people at this alderman meeting. I got to say, we probably had about 70, so it was nice to see the community come out for that. I know it, man. I, when you sent me pictures of the room, I was like, uh, is there some kind of special? A live band? Is there something going to be happening here? Um, <laughs> well, Ken Adams did have a little comedian hour right there at the beginning because everyone sat on one side. So Ken goes, oh, this kind of reminds me of my wedding. All of my wife's side on this side of the area, <laughs> then all of my family on this side. And that's where I was sitting in. There was probably about three of us over there. So, <laughs> Ken, you know, I'm glad you still had, at least had a few people to witness the wedding on your side. There you go. Good good old Ken. Oh, always a comedian and always just, you know, making sure that there's a positive light for the community. Always. And something that he's trying to do that he talked about that he ran on was a beautification program. And that was one of the main things that we were talking about at the Alderman meeting. And he's trying to enforce a little bit of littering protection and making sure that if you're caught doing this, there's a harsher punishment and there's something that can come down on top of it. So once this beautification program gets up and running, we're not going to be seeing litter all over the street. We're not going to have to have citizens take 30 minutes out of their day on a weekend to go ahead and clean up piles of trash like we have people showing on those Facebook groups. So I'm excited to see things like that. And now the big thing is there's a lot of development coming, not just the Cascades, but right there on the corner of church and craft from all the way from church to Goodman, there's about to be massive developments over those 200 acres. We're talking about office buildings, new neighborhoods, restaurants, everything that's been happening. I'm sure if you've driven by it going towards the soccer fields, you've seen some of those trees getting knocked down. Well, that's because there's a lot 
that is going to be coming right there. Oh, it's going to be major. You know, I've heard some people talking about it. It's like we talked about with Ken last week. You know, just you know, that part of Church Road is going to become the new thoroughfare. Yes. You know what I mean? Because Goodman, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love Goodman on that part, on that side of town. As soon as you pass Getwell and get towards South Haven, it gets grim. Mm-hmm. It gets backed up, a lot of traffic, a lot of issues. But our side of all the branch has not gotten that bad yet. Don't get me wrong. It is no it's no, it's no picnic pleasure or ride. You know what I mean? It means. But if we're able to get to where church is taking some of the weight with some of this new stuff and it becomes more, it's already a five lane. Mm-hmm. It's already in good straight. It's got that good infrastructure. Uh, it's going to, like I said, it's going to divide and conquer. I think it's going to be fantastic. Oh, and especially with some news that we have coming up later in the show, like church is going to get a little bit wider and it's just, how is it going to get paid for? <laughs> well, we shall see. The last main thing that was happening that I think people are really going to want to care about is the new open container boundaries that are going to be set in the leisure and recreation zone. It's a little bit hard to talk about the map, so we're going to post a photo of everything where it's going to be. But it's going to be around the new Cotton Gen District, the Old Town Hall Branch, sitting over there by City Hall where all those restaurants are going to be. And you're going to be able to walk through their open container, nice and safe. You got lights to have your crosswalks. So that's going to revitalize a lot of what we're going to be needing to help compete with the silo. Well, here's the deal. You know, you call it competing with silo, but I also say it's to complement silo. I that's think probably every, a much better way to phrase I it. I like the idea that silo is going to have its own flair mm-hmm. and its own style, its own style of restaurants, but all the branches are going to have their version of it. And I think they'll be similar, but I think it'll be complementary to each other, where if you're in the mood for this kind of stuff like that, one's going to fit that niche where the other one's going to fit a different style of niche. Um, and I think that's, I hope they go with it because I don't want it to be competitive. But the open container rules, the different things, that's going to attract uh, a, a new form of tourism in the area. Yeah, I mean, it's just to enjoy nice little bar hopping. This isn't to encourage people to get hammered or anything no, of that no, nature. No, no. It's just like, hey, I just kind of want to go get a different vibe at this restaurant and just not have to worry about slamming this drink to go ahead and get there. Right, exactly. Well, it's all about enjoying the full atmosphere of the area instead of being stuck in one location. And there's going to be enough to where you're going to want to fully enjoy everything that's happening exactly. in these areas. Exactly. And so to me, that's that's the goal here, and that's what people want. They mm-hmm. want to be able to go and have a multi-experience. All in the same night. All in the same night. Instead of saying, well, I have to go here, then drive to here, and then drive there. No, we can get your all things satisfied in one area, mingle in different ways, different options, you know. Plus, you're not having to wait at one location multiple, multiple times and everything else. So, again, I think it's a great plan. I think it's going to be highly successful. And I, I look forward to seeing what Olive Branch looks like in three years now. Bravo on keep moving us forward in a positive direction. And I cannot, like you said, wait to see what we look like. Now, guys, if you live outside of this area or in DeSoto County in general and so on, and you have a house that's maybe in kind of rough shape, needs some updating, and you want to get closer to this new developments, and you want to be right in the heart of things, and you just want to go ahead and get there now while the going is good, then maybe you want to talk to our buddies over at Robin Properties. They run a website called I Buy DeSoto, and they buy houses that maybe need a little repair, updating, or maybe it's just been a bad situation and you just need to get out of the house, okay? Um, or maybe you're the opposite. You don't like this development. You're upset that you know this is not staying small town, whatever it is. We all have our reasons. We understand. But the reality of it is, is that if you want a good local company to come by, offer you a cash price for your house, and not feel like you're being hosed or taken or robbed or anything like that, this is the place to check out. Go look at their website, ibuydesoto.com, and you will see the quality, and it's all local. 
And that's what you can't beat here. Trust me, this is the place to go do. Go to iBuyDeSoto.com. Cash, I'll say we go right into our news. And the big thing that I've been hearing, and of course we kind of knew about it a little bit, was is that Hernando is getting a new high school. Which is still mind-blowing to me because their high school is one of the ones that has a completely different design. And it's already separate buildings and it looks amazing. But bravo for them to being able to go ahead and build a new one and have that land and opportunity. Oh, I know it. Now, here's the deal. It is, they you know they came out in the news this week mm-hmm. and they said that, hey, here's our plans and stuff. The location kind of slipped me up a little bit. I thought it'd be closer to the new I-69, which it still is. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I thought it'd be on the south side, but actually they are developing it to be at the corner of Pleasant Hill and Mackinville. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be over 90 acres there. And it's going to be a building to be able to handle the growth with moving forward. And not only that, they're going to shift all the other grades up a building. So the middle school becomes to the new mm-hmm. old high school, the intermediate up to the middle, and so on and so on. They haven't gotten into all the particulars, but every one of these buildings now is going to have a lot less volume of students so that the growth availability is there. It's a great long-term plan. They'll have decades of time where you never have to worry about having to add to a building, change things. Uh, so it's going to be really good for Hernando. I think it's a great plan and, and bravo. No, I'm excited for him and everything that's going to bring. And I didn't see if they're going to have a new stadium, although I'm sure that something like that's going to be worked out in there. Because oh, there's no doubt. That parking situation they have right now is I got to say one of the worst. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Oh, yeah. The new high school will have it all. It'll be completely self-contained the entire nine yards. And I'm willing to bet the parking will be enormous. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Just being honest. Yes, um, for sure. The only thing about Hernando now I'm concerned about is, is this. This past week, after listening to our buddies down there at Under the Water Tower, they just passed a major, major ordinance for sound and for live music and stuff. And get this cash. 75 decibel max. That's nothing. Okay. So just to give you a comparison, that's basically turning your TV up a little loud. Yeah. Or a truck going by that has loud pipes. Or um, a leaf blower is louder than 75 decibels at 30 feet. I mean, this is such a hard one because you have the community that didn't want something like this. And all it took was the apartment building to actually pay for the sound wall and do what it was supposed to. But no, you had a developer come in and be like, I'm not going to do it. So now it's, well, now we get no nice things. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. You know, I understand, you know, the reasoning and stuff. I I guess just my opinion is, is that the music and things are part of a business that is thriving in Hernando. Mm -hmm. It's the one business in the area that is offering this and it's thriving. Yeah. The buildings and the people who live in the area came after you know what I mean? So if you move into an area, don't get me wrong. Yes, it's turned into more outside music. And yes, maybe it's gotten a little bit louder and it's got contentious. I get that. I, I just, I'm, I'm very curious about this. I don't know. I think, to me, I think this ends up, it helps the quality of the people who live in the area for sure. But I don't think it helps the commerce uh, of what a lot of people are looking for in Hernando. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it, but the best way I can do it right now is it's a massive overreaction to something that's going to be a lot harder to repeal and build on for what you're going to be looking for in the future. Yeah, I just, when Matt gives the comparisons of sound when it comes to decibels yeah. and stuff like that, and you realize how low 75 is, I mean, there is no live music. I mean, mean, unless you have a permit and it's a special event or something like that, it completely neuters the idea of having live music outside. Yeah, I mean, those those restaurants are done. Now, thankfully, they still have all of these concert series that they put on at the historic square down there at the city hall. But, I mean, that's all you're going to have. You're not going to be able to have restaurants or 
anything else growing, which is going to make this difficult. Yeah, I mean, like, it might be live music, but it might be an acoustic set, but you better not be anywhere near anything and never never have your volume up. I mean, I just... The only thing they had is exclusions if it was government entity. You know what I mean? So if it was government sanctioned or like have a parade or like you said, the stuff of the square where the government is, you know yeah. uh, supports it like that, then they're excluded from that. I mean, the Under the Water Tower series w- reaches well above 75. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to have issues doing anything that they're trying to do at late at night. I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Maybe it's a permit thing because they're only doing it yeah. once in a while. So. Uh, let's see how it plays out. You know, I think it'd be very interesting to see how Derek and Matt, you know, report on this and we'll go from there. So as I was alluding to earlier, DeSoto County is looking to expand some of our roads, but they're not sure how they're going to pay for it. So they're looking at cities like St. Louis, but more importantly, the Missouri, Illinois kind of border section that they have going on right there for inspiration as a former community to help get the funds to build what the state is not giving us with the recent expected growth in DeSoto County area. We're going to need a lot of road work. So the mayors are looking at setting up a tri-state compact to help us with the community to solve some of these perceived problems before we actually have real issues with no solutions. Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland has offered up $75,000 of the initial $150,000 that we're going to need for a one-time fee to pay a consulting firm to help us. DeSoto County is going to be on the hook for $27,000 of that $75,000. This is something that can help start widening roads, expanding them, something we're going to desperately need, some bridges and roundabouts that are going to be needed at the Goodman and Church once all of this construction is underway. So hopefully this is a committee that can help us. I hope so. I prefer to be prepared, and this sounds like they're trying to take steps to go that, and uh, so I say that's a good thing. Well, especially since this is going through so many different cities and states, and we're just going to need that help. So why not all come together as one? pay this fee, try to figure it out so no one feels like they're getting the shaft or they're always getting the short end of the stick. Guys, are you in need of some expert cleaning at your house? Do you want someone to come in and look at it and give you a fair quote for something you're just maybe don't want to fool with? There is a great company called DeSoto Cleaning right here in the Olive Branch area that does phenomenal work, especially on floors. They specialize on tile, hardwood, and carpet. Guys, if you go to their website, If you go to their Facebook page, DeSoto Cleaning, you will see several videos of their before and after performances they've done, as well as several satisfied customers. Brian and his crew do a fantastic job. Guys, if you call the number or message them on Facebook, they'll be happy to come out and look at your home or business, whatever you need. And if you mention OB Pod, they will give you a 15% discount on the job. Go check them out now on Facebook at DeSoto Cleaning. Now, we asked y'all if you wanted a little bit of something in your community, just like South Haven and Hernando have been doing, and y'all responded with fire, and we cannot thank you enough for all the emails that we were able to talk to the aldermen and some of the people that we knew, and Movies Under the Stars is going to be making its triumphant comeback all throughout the month of October, so thank you everybody for the help, and just letting these people know that this is something that you want to help build the community. A huge thank you to LaBelle Haven Baptist Church and First Baptist Church of Olive Branch for providing free water and popcorn at the movies this year. And this is all going to start at 7 p.m. On October the 7th, we're getting Frozen 2. October the 14th, Abominable. October the 21st, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And on the 28th, the last one, we're going to be watching Onward. But afterwards, there's going to be a massive trunk or treat to help celebrate Halloween. That is freaking awesome, man. That's just that's just absolutely fantastic that, you know, 
this they brought this back. Yeah, I didn't like that we were saying last couple of weeks that Sal Haven's got this and Hernandez got that, and Olive Branch is like womp womp womp. Couldn't agree with you more. So to have this, fantastic. Uh, I thank you, Jay. You know, because Jay's one that buzzed us about this. And if you don't know Jay Nichols, guys, phenomenal dude. Works for the city. He does uh, so much for the city and helping putting these events on, coming up with them, and making sure he was the reason why we had OB Festival. So a huge congratulations for Jay for continuing to build the community in a positive way. Absolutely. Guys, you know something else that's awesome right here in Olive Branch? That is Backwater Brewery, guys. They are the only microbrewery in North Mississippi, and they do a phenomenal job. And you get to go watch the entire process. Right there in Old Town next to Side Street Burger, they have this cool little building that is so groovy. You can go inside, and on the very, on the very right side, they have this glass little atrium area that has all the stuff they do, the brewing, making their ciders or lagers it is such a cool process guys not beat to beat that their stuff tastes amazing it is just truly amazing go over there anytime especially on thursdays fridays and saturdays that's their key days that are open and go try out one of their amazing ciders one of their lagers buy one of their growlers you know keep it as a collectible whatever you want to do and you're going to really enjoy the experience it's not what you can get from the grocery store it's not one of those cheap cans you pop a top on this is craft artisan cider and beer lager what do you want to call it and you're really going to enjoy the experience and if you want to check them out on your social media go on facebook or instagram twitter like that and it is at backwater.ms anytime there's a new company coming into olive branch in october and it is going to be jacks and no it's not a jack in the box unfortunately but this is an alabama-based company that loves burgers fries and breakfast sandwiches now, I've never really had them. I don't know if you have, Zach. So, I have not had Jack's, but I actually have several family members who uh, absolutely loves this restaurant. And this is going to be built right over by my work over at Center Hill, right there on Hacks Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, they're building it right next to a, a Waffle House and stuff. Great location. Easy to get in and out of. Uh, but, yes, I've heard their fries are really good. They have a good, good seasoning. The burgers are phenomenal. Um, and so... I think it's cool. I think it's going to be a, a nice little addition to the area. It'll be the only one that I know of in DeSoto County. So I think it's that's great. I I'm think happy the entire state of it. Mississippi. Like. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's great. Uh, I look forward to giving it a shot and you know, let's go from there. I mean, and being a Southern restaurant, I think they're going to have some amazing sweet tea. So could I'll we have someone coming for the throne, you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a, quite a throne to take over. So we'll see. I'm excited to find out and hear your rating once we get it. Uh, I'll give it. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it. <laughs> Guys, our last bit of news is is that the there is a new artist mill in Old Town. This is a new shop in the historic Olive Branch area, especially right there in the shopping district. The owners are Cherry and Bill Lamar. This is a shop that has handmade and hand-painted items, but also vintage items, and they're going to offer workshops from here and there. Guys, it's one of those like craft fairs in a building. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. Some people go to flea markets and they see cool stuff. This is a place where an artist or a person who has really cool collectibles and different things can go, rent a small area of the place, and they put it for sale sign, and it's nice, it's heat and air, everything's cool and taken care of, and you can go in and, and really try to see some really new stuff, and it's mostly local flair. And that's what you want. You want to support your own people, your own artists, your own area. And this is that kind of shop. So I'm super excited to have this. Uh, we, we used to have one back uh, when I lived in Louisiana. We'd go and we'd see really cool local artists there. And a lot of them were college kids, you know, trying to make some extra money. A little but bit different. Super talented. Uh, so I, th- I think it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, again, it's another way of highlighting our community. To have another shop that just highlights the community and some of the talent that we have is always something that we need more of. I agree, Cash. 
Cash, let's go to the facts of the week. And this week is brought to you by Rob Long of the Soda County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right across from the Area 51 ice cream shop. They are open on Tuesday through Saturday and have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Don't miss out on this opportunity right there in Hernando. Guys, this week we kind of changed it up a little bit. We were talking about why is Olive Branch such a significant name, or maybe why it's in Olive Branch, but we want to get the origin of said Olive Branch. So we always pose the question, why is Olive Branch used as a symbol of peace? The origins of using Olive Branch as a symbol of peace lie in ancient Greek culture, in ancient Rome as well. The defeated during a war were used to hold up an Olive Branch to indicate they were pleading for peace. According to Christian mythology, during the Great Flood, the dove sent in search of land by Noah returned with an olive leaf. This was seen as a sign of God had stopped his war on mankind, the floods were receding, and the land was in sight. According to some, the olive branch signifies peace because olive trees, because of their slow growth, are not cultivated during wartime and therefore considered a peacetime tree. Guys, we hope you enjoyed these little snippets of why they feel like olive branches or olive trees are considered peaceful and adds to your little bit of history knowledge. I definitely did not know all of that, so it's good to know that we have a little bit of that biblical reference in the Bible Belt right here in Mississippi. I agree, Cash. That's going to wrap up the news portion of this show. We still have a fantastic lineup with a true crime snuck in between all of the amazing coaches interviews that we have later on today, along with the scores. And of course, we're going to make you a little bit of money with our Monday night football picks. Cass, we're going to sneak a little true crime in there. It's going to be nice and short, but it's just too good not to mention. And I call this one, Don't Be Messing With Another Woman. Interested to see where you're going with this? (laughs) Absolutely. So, guys, in Jones County, Mississippi, back on December 26, 2020, Jones County, Mississippi Sheriff's Department. Whoa, wait. wait. Did you say December 26th? That is correct. The day after Christmas. So, was Santa a little confused getting his days mixed up? (laughs) No, no. Just nothing to do with Santa. A little different ho, ho, ho we got going on here? (laughs) Easy. Okay. Okay, you know. No. On that day, Jones County Sheriff's deputies arrested Lindsey Stevens, okay, Mm -hmm. for aggravated domestic assault okay according to multiple sources at the time she explained to investigators that she had a dream that her husband was messing with another woman this caused her to stab him seven times that day (laughs) now i've been woken up by a slap and been like what did dream you do i'm asleep what do you mean, what did I do? But to be stabbed over something like this? That is correct. That Stephen's husband was reportedly hospitalized and underwent surgery due to the wounds from this attack. However, he did make a full recovery. But unfortunately, she did have to go to jail for a long period of time. <laughs> unfortunately, she just stabbed him seven times. Hey, he was messing with another woman. <laughs> now, I- do many people keep knives next to the bed? Like, was there rationale to this? Like, did she just wake up, go to the knife right next to the nightstand and start stabbing? Or did she go to the kitchen? Like, I mean, are, are you see where I'm going? Does Alicia have a knife right next to the bed that you need to start looking out for? You know, I'm I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, do a little bit of research. Just, you know, no, 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 honey, I think I left a phone charger over here. Just checking to see it's not underneath all of everything we got going on. Like, my goodness. I know it. I know I, it. I, I can't be imagining getting woken up by a slap. A stab? A stab. Seven times. Yeah. Hey, like, you know, it's did- one thing if you stab somebody one time, like, you bastard. <laughs> you know, but another time, you know, it's like, meek, 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 meek. You know, I'm thinking like psycho, you know, like, bad news, man. Bad news. Oh, my I, I got another one. I got another one for you. Okay. okay. Now, this is completely different. Okay. I call this one, be careful who leads. All right. 
Sardis, Mississippi now. This is right down the road. Okay, a whole bunch of people in this part of town were not happy to learn. The local chamber of commerce happened to hire their grand marshal, who was a registered sex offender. You would think that there's some kind of background check. You know, I got one at my job. I'm sure you got one at your job. And we're just going to not have one for the local chamber of commerce. Yeah. So guess what he was the grand marshal of? Hmm. That would be the Christmas parade. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah, yeah, unfortunately. You, you can't write some of this stuff. Like, I mean, only real life is a <sighs> true crazy story. Yeah, this, this this one stung a little bit. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the uh, I'm not going to name names. You know, I, I'm not going into that stuff. But yes. We, the, we might uh, just rip them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go to say that the Sardis Chamber of Commerce made a boo-boo. And, uh, you know, and we we're, we're going to work past it. But yes, this did happen recently. And uh, let's, luckily, everything is okay. Nothing else came from it. But got to be careful and you have to vet. Guys, we hope you enjoyed our two little true crimes there and hope you got a little giggle, even though part of it's not really funny. But, you know, it's just amazing this stuff happens and, you know, and people it, don't notice. Yeah. And sometimes you're able to just make light of a serious situation. And thankfully, he was able to recover fully from seven stab wounds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe. We hope he fully recovers, yes. you know, um, but it is what it is. But, guys, I hope we enjoyed the intro of our show, and we're going to have a great second half of the show with our coaches post-game. Uh, we've got all three coaches on. Uh, you know, it was it was a rough night for most of them, but the teams are getting better, and we're about to start playing each other right here in the Olive Branch area. I think you're going to have some great conversation and learn a few things, as always, that a lot of people don't pick up on. Uh, so, really, I hope you enjoy it. With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They are open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916. Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. And now it's time for the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hector. You think you know football, but you don't, so shut up and listen. 
That's right, guys. It's week five of our post-game show, and it couldn't be a better time for football. It really couldn't. We got perfect weather. The helmets are a little bit louder because you got that nice cold air, and just seeing these kids be able to play in what I think is perfect conditions is all I need. Something else that's refreshing in the area is getting a nice drink over there at Old Town Vibes. Guys, if you've never been to a place where you get loaded teas or meal replacement shakes or things similar to that, I encourage you to go there first. They have one of the best selections, some of the nicest staff and well-ran facility. And here's this, some of the best prices to boot to go with it. I've had a Butterfinger meal replacement shake that was to die for. And just this week, several of my teachers were buying some of their loaded tea, including their new one, which is pumpkin themed, like we talked about in the beginning of the show. Guys, it's truly a great place to go check out. Like I said, local, quaint, and it's something we can support our local businesses. And you always got to enjoy a place that is revamping their menu, always trying to make sure to stick with the times. But the most important thing you get from them is that customer service, that nice bubbly energy to go with your drink. Absolutely. Guys, they're open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Open on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can contact them at 662-874-5265, or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram at Old Town Vibes. Now, let's go ahead and get into these scores as North Point finally has a win in a respectable fashion as they beat Millington Central 49-20. to Not only a win, but their first home game and it was homecoming there we go that's all they need was a little bit of extra oomph from the fans to hold a team under three touchdowns yes and what i understand from a few people i know who were in attendance of the game it was quite an electric atmosphere almost sell out they were doing all kinds of stuff i think you think they had color war going on it was pretty impressive uh congratulations to north point do you have any idea what a color war is yeah believe it or not when we talk about center hill later they did a color war run part of their thing for the game and you know that's where they throw the, the that chalky dye on you as you run around stuff and so you wear white shirts and so you look like you're basically a tie-dyed chalk person <laughs> oh so you're jackson pollock painting i like it <laughs> there, there we go. go but it's a lot of fun people well, i mean I, I, that's something i'd never heard of so i was just a little confused yeah. my daughter got into it she had a white shirt on with all her little friends i bet and, she had an absolute oh, blast man, she was 27 different colors of <laughs> pure enjoyment it was great Oh, man, I, I love to see that we can still have these little different kind of reasons for the kids and everything to come out oh, and watch yeah. these games. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Way to go. Well, and also way to go to Lake Cormorant as they got a much needed victory as they defeated Greenville 41-0. to uh, It was a thrashing. Uh, the game started a little slow, but Lake Cormorant was hitting on all cylinders. Their defense was juggernaut out there. When I was talking to a buddy, uh, you know, of course, I think it was down in Greenville, so it was a little bit of a drive, um, but the environment was perfect and like I said they were doing great on special teams their defense was no holds bar uh, they made big plays on offense this is the kind of convincing win you want to have especially in district play well this was the late Cormorant we expected at the beginning of the year now they've just had a couple of few losses that just didn't go their way but this is the one I thought could have won state yeah I agree all right so that puts them at 1-0 in district so congratulations to Lake Cormorant Nick Nestor great job Hernando lost to the old juggernaut, South Panola, 25-9. Now, if you look at that score, to me, that is very respectable considering the game. I mean, uh, you know, South Panola got its revenge. You know, if you remember, Hernando did defeat South Panola last time. Uh, and so that was a big deal. Uh, so to me, you know, yeah, it's an L. And yeah, you're 0-1 in district. But, uh, you know, you didn't get blown out. And a lot of people thought this game was over before it even started. So I say kudos to Hernando. 
Good job to Hernando losing 25 to 9. <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> now, unfortunately, we can't say we did much better as Horn Lake defeated Lewisburg 42 to 7. Yeah, um, Horn Lake, you know, this game had a lot of stuff going on. And when we talk to Coach Hectorn, you'll see, you know, Coach Hectorn's from Horn Lake. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where he was when they won the state title. So he's got a little bit of history there. Um, but I think it's more of a, a love relationship. You know, I don't think anybody has any hard feelings. No, they were happy it. to see him go to be head coach. And so I don't think the score rep- represents anything other than it was just a hard-fought game and Horn Lake was a very talented team. Um, well, and I think Horn Lake got a nice springboard when they beat Lake Cormorant. I mean, that was a massive rivalry game and that emotion could have led either way, but them getting a convincing victory there just kind of springboarded them to be a little bit better than I think they might have been had they lost something like that. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, Horn Lake's up and down, you know, um, but – Again, this was a great game. Um, you know, the game started strong uh, for Horn Lake. You know, they got out with a nice little lead. Uh, Lewisburg and, came out with their one of their favorite plays that I've seen, and I'll talk to Coach Hector about it. Is is that they fake a run play and they kind of do the Tebow pass over the pile mm-hmm. to the tight end, and that was their touchdown. Um, this this ball game for that seven points, but uh, Horn Lake kind of controlled the rest of the ball game and the scoring and. Uh, hopefully Coach Hector will give us a little more details about it, but uh, I think it was uh, respectable for a long time. Now, in a game that truly doesn't reflect the score, DeSoto Central defeated Olive Branch, but as I'm to understand, it was 7-7 going into the fourth. So um, it was 0-0. At the halftime, half um, you know, a defensive struggle. I believe it or not, offenses were moving the ball around, just could not punch it in. Well, I'm saying Olive Branch has been in a lot of defensive struggles. That defense is holding up and keeping them in games. They are. And uh, I believe right in the middle of the third quarter, DeSoto Central scored, and then Olive Branch answered. So it was 7-7. Seven and, seven. and right before the buzzer for fourth, I think DeSoto Central scored to make it 14-7. to seven. I mean, like right at the end of mm-hmm. third, but, you know. Um, and I think Olive Branch uh, tried to make some p- things happen, actually turned the ball over on downs maybe more than once or twice. Um, and sadly, DeSoto Central just made some big plays, and the score ballooned up to a 28-7, to and Olive Branch could just couldn't, couldn't punch it back in. Now, as an old coach, and especially as an old offensive coordinator, how do you feel about the switch of everyone going for it on fourth down more in some of these punt and field goal situations? You know, to me, I'm old school. You know, I I, I believe you truly want that down, field position game. I like field position, but also it really comes down to how confident you are you in your defense. Are your is your defense clicking on all cylinders at the time? Are they playing really well? Mm-hmm. Uh, or in your style of defense? To me, if your defense is real cut loose, gambles a lot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you you bring heat and you, you change it up. Um, then, you know, I could see that because that's more of your style. But if you're a very conservative defense, a bend-don't-break style defense, and, you know, and you're not afraid to give up several minutes to let a team score and just wait until they run out of gas mm-hmm. or you make a play, um, probably not, you know. So well, like, because yeah. then that leads to your defense being on the field more, get a little bit exactly. more tired, those exactly. kinds of things. And no, I, I like the way you're analyzing. So it's more of a year-by-year basis or right. even game-by-game. It's by a personnel game. decision, honestly. I think you look at what you have. I mean, like – if you have an if you have an offensive team that doesn't have any offensive linemen, I'm not going to go run a power <laughs> set. 
I'm just going to be honest. You know, you got to come up with something. You might not be running an offense. Right. Well, I mean, it's just like when, you know, we, when you and I were on a team together, we didn't, you know, our offensive line was thin. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of guys that really shouldn't have been on the offensive line, but they were gritty and they, they fought hard. So it wasn't a situation where we can say, hey, we're going to run power down your throat, you know, when our starting left guard or center were, you know, was, you know, 5'11 and 187 pounds, you know. I didn't know he was wearing six inch heels in, the, in these uh, <laughs> roster breakdowns, but no, you're right. So, I mean, you, you know what I mean. So, um, things like that, you know. So, again, it's a roster, knowing your team, and how much you're willing to risk. Okay. No, I, I like that answer. And I think it's important for a lot of people just trying to – how do all branch turn it over three times on downs? Well, it's because the game's evolving and changing a little bit. Right. You know, and so I, I, I know Coach Russell will sit down and talk to us and, you know, and let us know, you know, some of the ins and outs. And, you know, maybe he's got some better insight of how it got a little haywire there at the end. But – to me, the score at the end of the third quarter says a lot. I mean, they were neck and neck the entire game, and maybe the defense just ran out of gas because the offense didn't get any, any yeah. points on the board. So I look forward to that conversation. I couldn't agree with you more, and I tried to delay it as long as I could. But unfortunately, <laughs> South Haven defeated Center Hill 41-16, to and South Haven's defense remains just the stalwart of the county. So, you know, you're right, Cash. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. We come out there and watching the game, and it's tough. You know, like we talked about last week, you know, Center Hill's missing a lot of its players. And, you know, we're not going to harp on that. But I will tell you this. There was an obvious difference mm-hmm. when it comes to the two teams. And here, let me give you this. A lot of people don't know this, okay? Last year, Center Hill was a 5A program, okay? Mm-hmm. It was a larger school in 5A, having around 1,000 kids. You know, that's usually around the top of the day when it comes to classifications. Every school is classified based on the number of schools in attendance. And so if you're around 1,000, you're, you're a big size, you're a big 5A school. When you break over 1,000, mm-hmm. okay, not by much, you get into the 6A territory. So okay? it's like kind of being that middle schooler in the 8th grade, you're reaching your prime and everything, and then boom, you're automatically in high school and it's you're a big dealing step. with seniors, juniors. It's like, right. it's a big oh, step. are we the same human like yeah. right now? That's so, a beard. It is. So, so let me give you an example here. So Center Hill High School roughly has around 1,050 kids. Okay? 1,050. <laughs> and when they did the numbers, they were barely over the mark. So they mm-hmm. are now the smallest 6A in the state of Mississippi. 6A is defined as your largest 32 teams. Ooh. Okay. So let me give you a comparison. The largest school in 6A is around 2,000 kids. So about double. About, about double. South Haven we played is 1,800 and some odd kids. Ooh. So that means they have 800 more kids in their school that could potentially play football. DeSoto Central High School, 18, 1,900 kids. That's eight or 900 mm. more. You follow what I'm saying? No, I mean, so we are. You when you look out there on the field and you see a team like ours that was already missing numerous positions, not out there on the field whatsoever. This, that, or so on. And then you looked at the height differences of all the South Haven players out there. Majority of South Haven's entire starting squad on offense and defense were above the hat of a center hill player by eye level. Ooh, yeah, that just makes we're it tough. several inches. So I mean like no, also I mean, South Haven has a defensive lineman who is committed to Texas. Yes, he and, is, and I could not be more excited as we're right. gonna need to They also next year. have stellar athletes. They have multiple division one guys. 
Uh, it is a well-groomed team, and now they have their quarterback back. So here's a funny note I did not know in the last couple of weeks is that the starting quarterback for South Haven actually had his first full game last week, and that the reason they didn't win probably during Lafayette or a few other games mm-hmm. is because they were down to their fourth quarterback. Oh, wow. They're actually, their starting quarterback went down with COVID or something like that. This backup quarterback got injured. The third-string quarterback got injured, and they went to a direct snap running back for the entire game for like a week or two. And that is the reason the scores are so skewed compared to now. It basically took out their entire passing offense, and they had to try to defeat people with a rush attack. Wow. And And they stayed in every single game. Every single game. So you're talking about that defense being the stalwart of the county. We are not joking. When we came out there tonight, we were looking at Okay. Yeah. There's some grown men walking around. And you got to go throw all that film away because Uh, it was absolutely useless. I mean, like, we get three tapes, and guess what? Two of them are garbage because you don't have the quarterback in there. And then the quarterback does come back, and he plays against a late comrade. Yeah. In which, like, Comrade's a different style of defense that is a lot of man, a lot of, you know, man free. A lot of talent on that defense. And so on. And so you know, it's, it's, you know, South Haven's going to play against that differently than they would have versus a center heel, which is more structured and on defense. So, again, didn't help us much. No. You know, and so, again, the score was 41-16. to 16. We scored, you know, uh, we got some good field goals. Uh, you know, so, hey, uh, I, I, to me, the score sucks, and I hate it for our kids, but they fought. We scored our 16 points towards the second half of the ball game. To, you know, it was 41 to nothing at one time. So, I'm just being real. Yeah. Uh, so Sometimes you, you know, got to have the kids didn't give up. It was resilience. So, kudos to that. And so, the big one's next week. That is Center Hill versus Lewisburg. That is the juggernaut game for both programs. Uh, and so, that'll be a major episode next week. I think we waste zero time and we go ahead and welcome in Coach Peacock to talk about this game and the huge rivalry game we got next week. Sounds great. All right, guys, we got Coach Peacock. Coach, how are we doing on this Sunday night? Uh, doing good, man. Just got home from the school, watched a bunch of film. I hear you, man. I know you're excited. This is the this is the week, as I like to say. This is the opponent we look forward to more than anyone all season. Uh, the big rivalry game between the new schools of DeSoto County, uh, good old Lewisburg. I can only imagine watching that tape. Y'all are salivating and looking forward to the, the opportunity Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a fun week. I mean, you know, ever since I've been here, they when we went to 5A, they, they dropped us and wouldn't play us for two years. But we played, I think, every year but the COVID year since. And it's been, I mean, it's a great rivalry just because their fans, our fans all get into it. It, it hasn't been real one-sided. I think we've won over the history of the schools. We've won more than we've lost. But, you know, I think they beat us a couple times and beat us a couple times where we felt like we had the better team through turnovers or, or not just not playing well or whatever. They were able to win, and it's just a fun week. You know, they usually put out some kind of video making fun of us on, on uh, Patriot Vision or whatever they call it. We usually put out some kind of video making fun of them on Mustang TV. So it's just something where the, the whole schools get involved. And, and you know, I mean, uh, rivalry games, uh, you know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh Florida, Florida State, all of those things, they just mean a little more. And, it, you know, it's just a fun week of, of high school football, man. Just, it just is. I agree with you, Coach. You know, So before we talk about Lewisburg in more detail, let's just wrap up South Haven this past Friday night. I know it was a tough loft, Coach. I know it was kind of a broken record, as we <laughs> I mentioned with Russell before. But the reality of it is, is that South Haven is a very talented football team. 
They've got at least three guys that look to be Division One talent. One guy going to Texas, and uh, he showed why during Friday night. Uh, a lot of speed, and um, just uh, Coach Stevenson's done a good job with that program. And you know, to see the quarterback come back and uh, be full health, and see a, just be another element in the game that is just tough to try to manage. Um, you could see why they're probably going to be uh, very difficult to handle for any team moving forward. And uh, but overall, I think our guys fought hard. You know, I know it was tough because. You know, I felt like we had some advantages in different things, like especially special teams like we talked about last week and um, especially, you know, being able to move the ball, and which we did. We moved the ball better this week. Uh, but it seems like, you know, if you could be, you know, shot in the foot, you know, uh, on things, it happens to us because it seems like within the first five, six minutes, they were able to get two special teams touchdowns and uh, a big pass play that we probably could have intercepted. And it's just a lot of bad circumstances to start off the game. And it's never fun to play that far behind early in the ball game. Yeah, no, and, and that's the deal too with our with, with what we do offensively. You know, you don't want to play down more than a score to it for sure. Um, and you know, we started off bad again. You know, we uh, fumbled the ball on the second play of the game. I think um, we had first first and five, and and we fumbled the ball. Um, uh, things we've got to got to stop doing. Um, we've turned the ball over twice in the first like six snaps. They're they're a really good football team. Uh, Definitely probably a little more talented than we were, but we did not play to our capability. Um, we came out the third quarter. We got the ball first. We had nine-and-a-half-minute drive. Ended, ended up kicking a field goal because we got to delay a game, and, and that's on me and my fault. Uh, you know, That's what we want to do is we want to keep the ball. We want to keep it eight minutes so that South Asia's offense is on the sideline and, and then score. And, and then if you do that and you're able to do that for four quarters, you keep it close, you shorten the game, and you give yourself a great chance to win. And we just, you know, have not been able to do that. And, you know, like you said, uh, we've lost four games. Three of the four teams are still undefeated. Uh, Little Rock Christian's undefeated. Carnival's undefeated. And um, West Plains, Missouri is undefeated. And then South Haven, they, they've lost two games. But in both games, their starting quarterback didn't play. Uh, and they, were, they kept both of those games really, really close. And I think they win – for sure, one of them, maybe both of them, if they're starting quarterback plays. So we've played four really, really good football teams out of our five games. And, you know, uh, not that, that Lewis Burger, DeSoto Central, or any of the, the teams we're going to play the rest of the year aren't really good football teams. But, you know, I think I think our kids, our players, our parents, and, and fans have to understand kind of where we're at. Um, Record-wise, may not quite be where we should be, you know, playing – I guess not normal high school footballs because those are, but just playing uh, you know kind of more normal games. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I hear you, coach. I mean, like you said, South Haven's lost to two teams that are uh, almost undefeated themselves. I mean, so like you can look at it in any way you want to, but the numbers don't lie. You've played you know perennial powerhouses and teams that are just phenomenal this year, and you know, and, and, and sadly the scores and the score you know the, uh, the overall record reflects that, but. This is a new week. This is Lewisburg, which is a, um, you know, our, like I said before, our huge rival. I think our kids are really going to stand up for the game and we have a lot of emotion and really going to have a lot of desire. Uh, hopefully we get a couple of kids back from injury and, uh, you know, really build as a unit uh, so that Friday night is a big success down there in Jamestown. And, you know, when you look at Lewisburg, Coach, and what are some of the things you notice that, you know, maybe offensively or defensively that, you know, you would think are something that y'all really have to focus on and something that, uh, you know, a listener would want to see for Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think we just got to – I think our main focus has to be on us, especially from an offensive standpoint. 
And we've got to protect the football and execute. Um, and again, when we did that against South Haven in the, the first drive of the third quarter, we, we were able to move the football, got down there, and wound up kicking a field goal. And we just have not done that well. We, we've missed some reads. We've missed some blocks. We've had turnovers. You know, and so we have just not done those things. And I think from an offensive standpoint, that's what we've got to do is we've got to focus on us and do the little things that we need to do that to have success and make our offense go. We got to be able to do those. Um, you know, from a defensive standpoint, we played better. I thought this week against a really good team, we got one of our linebackers back. Um, he played a good bit as the game progressed. It was his first game back. Um, I think he is, is going to help a lot. Um, we should get another starter on defense back, uh, for this Friday night. You know, we've been, we've been shorthanded defensively in a couple of spots. So we should get at least one or two more on defense back, you know, but uh, Coach Hayton and them guys, they do a good job. Um, you know, they're going to be well coached. They're going to, uh, they, they run buck sweep and, and power and counter, uh, really well. And so we've got to, to really be on our, our, our toes about tackling. We did not tackle very good. Um, against South Haven. Obviously, some of that had to do with, uh, you know, their running back number 17. I think, I think he was bigger than 10 of our 11 players on defense and could run. But, um, you know, so we've got to, we've got to tackle better. Uh, and, and just, like I said, just, just play, play football and play to our capability, uh, as best we can. I agree, coach. And I think your boys will, will stand up for the competition. I think going down here is going to be an electric atmosphere. I think they're really going to see it and have an opportunity to really sink their teeth into a game and understand that they are better than what they've seen and, you know, don't, don't feed into the hype of you're not good or we're not that good this year. I'm just at our story because we, you know, we're already 0 1 in region and only have one W. But the reality of it is, is this is a new game. It's a new week. Uh, you know, you get your senior leadership behind them and really get them to understand that Lewisburg is the game. Nothing before this matters, nothing after it matters. Just focus on this week. It's the next one on the, on the plate. And it's the big one. And this is the one everybody wants, especially your senior group. And uh, I think if those guys have that kind of mindset and really go into practice focusing on themselves, like you said, that y'all are going to have a really good performance and can very likely come out of Jamestown with a W. And uh, I think you're right on point. Um, Coach, is there anything, uh, you know, you would want to tell the listener or anybody who's going to be at the game, you know, that's going to be going on this week or anything uh, going on uh, to maybe try to come out for when it comes to Friday night? No, I mean, I think the thing is just come out, right? Come out, come out, support the, support the players, come out and, and watch a good high school football game and a great atmosphere. Their, their student section, um, is probably the best in DeSoto County. They will pack their student section out Friday night, um, and they will have it rocking on their side. And so we need, you know, the insane stings to show up in full force and, and come out and be loud and, and, um, and, and just get after it and, and enjoy a, hopefully a great night of uh, football. I agree, Coach. I think they will. I think it's going to be phenomenal. Guys, if you're a Mustang out there or you support it, come on out Friday night. Uh, Coach Peacock and the kids need your support. We want to have a great atmosphere, a great ball game, and want to wish these guys a great uh, a great chance for W. Coach, again, thank you for your time. Really appreciate everything, as always, getting on the pod, and I hope you guys have a great week of practice and uh, come home bringing that W, man. All right, sounds good. Thanks again, Coach. Yeah, thank you. Coach Peacock, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Win, lose, or draw, we know how hard sometimes this can be and what a fantastic opportunity it is to have you on here. Now let's move on to the other side of that rivalry game. Here is Coach Hectorn. Hey, guys, I got Coach Hectorn. Coach, how are we doing on this fine Sunday? 
I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on. Man, as always, it's always a pleasure, brother. So I know Friday night was, a, you know, as we say, a tough Friday night. But I got to tell you, Coach, after watching that film and talking to people at the game, man, I think your game plan and execution were pretty impressive. I know the scoreboard says 42-7, to 7, but anybody who was there saw what I saw, and that was guys coming off the ball, being physical, hitting people in the mouth. Truly, Coach, I can think we can narrow it down to one player that made the difference in the entire ball game, and that was number seven. Yeah, he's pretty good. You know, he, um, you know, <laughs> I obviously think he's better than pretty good, there, Coach. <laughs> um, you know, having the opportunity to, uh, to coach that guy and, and, and to get to know him and just an incredible young man on, on top of an incredible player. You know, he's, he's committed to play football next year at Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, Friday night he showed exactly why. And, uh, you know, it's just a little bit, it's a little bit different. That's not something that we've, we've faced and we've seen. We definitely don't get to see a guy like that in practice. Most people don't. And, uh, and it showed, you know, he, he went out there and was a player that, that we thought, that we knew he was. And, uh, and again, he showed why he's a SEC player. Yeah, Coach. I mean, honestly, um, I think y'all did fantastic when y'all on defense. I mean, y'all stopped most of their offense unless he had the ball in his hand. Uh, when it came to uh, on y'all, when y'all on offense, I mean, uh, you know, it just kind of came down to team speed. You know, in bottom line, like number said, number seven was the majority of the speed of their offense, and defensively, you know, y'all got to get on a good rhythm, especially if you're running good power game. Um, but you know, eventually the speed would catch up and a drive would stall out, and uh, it was just it was tough to watch, man. Because I think y'all, like I said, y'all had a great plan going into it, and y'all were executing well, just couldn't quite punch it in, and it was just you just can't account for some players, and that kid is just a really special player, and he made a whole lot of plays that accounted for the majority of their scores. And so, uh, I don't think the scoreboard shows the reflection of how well y'all played, but. Uh, again, I think y'all did some good things, uh, Coach. I got to say, I was impressed with your young quarterback, uh, uh, Gilmore. Looked like he uh, held composure really well, made a couple good, really good passes here and there. I know he had a lot of pressure on him during the game. Uh, I was impressed with the offensive line. Man, some real gritty stuff. Uh, you know, guys getting after it. Uh, I, I saw some of the things I love personally, and that's those guys who take him to the dirt, a little pancake, a little extra syrup, and a little bit of you know, a little chaw about it afterwards, letting you know how sorry you are. And there was guys getting yeah, after yeah. it, you know, and I think it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was really, um, really proud of Gunner, and, and uh, you know, I thought he played played a pretty good game. You know, he had two interceptions. One was a, uh, a pick six, you know, which uh, kind of turned the tables there early. That was part of the second quarter that where it kind of got out of hand. It was just a couple of things here and there that kind of made the difference, um, you know. But really, what it was was just threw the ball a little high and went off the. Uh, the fingertips of, of the receiver and right into the hands of the guy that we just beat, you know, and, um, you know, so that's just kind of bounce, you know, the way the ball bounces sometimes for you. And, you know, the other one was exact same thing, just threw it a little high and off the, off the hands of a, uh, wide open receiver and they're, they're able to get a, make a great play on the ball. So, you know, things to build on and, and, you know, we're, we're young and still trying to figure this thing out. And those things happen sometimes. And it's just, we, we got to learn from it and keep moving forward. Coach, you're right. I mean, like I said, it's one thing to throw an interception. And it's another to throw a ball that gets deflected and turns into an interception. You know, and I know it has to count down as an interception. But the reality of it is, is that that was a two-part created play. And it's unfortunate that stat goes against him because otherwise I think he did a pretty good job managing the game. You know, uh, he didn't, he did a good job on his rollouts. I thought his pass were pretty crisp, especially for a 10th grader. Guy's got some mustard about him. 
Uh, and so that's definitely somebody to build a program around moving forward. Um, you know, coach defensively, I felt like, uh, you know, your guys were flying to the football, very aggressive up front. I thought your front four, uh, you know, held the line pretty well. It wasn't like they were getting knocked around a whole lot and linebackers were able to make some plays. But, you know, when you're trying to tackle number seven, it just, like I said, everything goes back to that guy. He's just a special player, just a really special player. Right. Yeah. You know, in defense, we, uh, you know, we felt like we had a really good plan. Um, and, uh, you know, hats off to Horn Lake. I think they kind of figured it out and ended up putting uh, number seven at quarterback, uh, which makes it very hard for, a, you know, you can't double a guy back there. And uh, so kind of something we weren't, we knew that they could do, uh, but didn't think that was something that was going to be a big part of their offense. And it ended up kind of being the case. And you know, we had a couple of misfits on some things and uh, we didn't tackle uh, really well. And, and some of that's on us. Some of that's obviously on, on uh on him and and you know just being the athlete that he is but you know we've got to come back this week and and kind of clean up some things uh as far as how we tackle and and kind of go over some fits and things like that to make sure that we're you know continuing to get better you know it's it's easy to look at a scoreboard and what most people do and uh you know that's how we're judged unfortunately sometimes but um you know there were a lot of positives in the game and i, I think this football team's getting better you know but we've got to put it together we've got to get ourselves uh, you know, in position to be in a game, and 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 then once we're there, now we got a chance to make something happen. Yeah, you know, we can't have second quarters like we've had the last couple of weeks, where you know we let one little mistake turn into three, and uh, next thing you know, you're fighting from behind. So, you know, again, we've got some things to clean up, and uh, again, I think our kids are are still fighting hard and and doing a great job and and trying to learn and uh, trying to keep getting better. So, proud of them for that, and you know, really, that's all we can ask for. And it's our job to continue to teach them, continue to uh, lift them up and encourage them and, and try to put them in the best place to be successful. I agree, Coach. Now, look, I'm going to go ahead and say, let's go ahead and talk about next week because, to me, next week is the biggest game in Lewisburg's you know, entire schedule, in my mind. And I, as a Center Hill guy, I think it's the biggest game as a Center Hill guy you know, in their schedule, and that is Center Hill coming to Lewisburg Friday night, 7 p.m. at Jamestown. Uh, to me, it's the Super Bowl of the new schools. Uh, this is a very heated rivalry. You know, we have a helmet trophy that it's a big deal. Who gets to carry it in their trophy case every year? year um you know i think it's uh to me it's the it's one of the things that every coach at lewisburg and every coach at center hill wants to make sure they have in their trophy case every year it's a badge of honor it means a lot so much to the student bodies and uh you know as a new head coach you know have you kind of have you locked into that kind of same feel have you got that same kind of emotion attachment you know i'm I'm just being completely honest with you i'm awful with when it comes to uh rivalry games um you know, a lot of people think it's coach talk, but, you know, I'm always concerned about the next one, you know, and, um, but at the same time, I, I do understand, um, you know, just from talking to people, how, how big of a deal this is for, for both schools and for this community. And, um, you, you know, we've got to tap into that, you know, we've got to, we've got to make sure that we're ready to play. And, you know, again, it's easy for me to say we need to do that every single week, but, um, you know, we'd, we'd be lying if we didn't say there was something a little bit extra on the line this Friday night. And, and, uh, again, I've got to do a better job of understanding that and playing that into that a little bit more for our kids and, and again, our school and our community. And, uh, but I tell you, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, coach Peacock does an unbelievable job down there and those guys are going to continue to get better and continue to, 
um, you know, fight and, and do the little things that they need to, to do to win this game. And so we're really excited about playing them. And um, I, I know that our kids are going to be up and ready to play, just like I know, uh, you know, Center Hills kids will be up and ready to play for this. So uh, absolutely, we're excited about it. And it's going to be a, a great night in Jamestown Friday night. I agree, Coach. So, you know, if you're going into their style of offense and defense, Coach, you know, as a Center Hill guy, I can and talk a little bit about it. I mean, Coach Peacock runs the only style of offense that most people never see, and that is the flex bone. Uh, and that is a very disciplined style um, of offense that requires a very disciplined defense to be able to, you know, uh, disrupt, stop, uh, you know, create problems for. Uh, do you feel like that's going to be a really point of emphasis for you all this week? you feel pretty good about that? Uh, no question. It's going to be huge for us. I mean, this is, uh, I've been up here, this is now my sixth season since I've been back up here in DeSoto County, and this will be the fourth game against a Flexbone team in six years. So uh, you're absolutely right. Not something we see a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously some adjustments we have to make and you have to be just like you said, extremely disciplined on defense or, or you can get embarrassed pretty quickly. And uh, so, yeah, you know, that's something that uh, we've got to work on this week and, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, definitely something that concerns me a little bit, you know, that we've got to make sure that we teach our guys, you know, properly what to do, rep it enough that they feel comfortable and they can go out and execute. So, um, that's our plan is to, you know, get a good game plan together and, and really make it simple for our guys and drill it so that, uh, come Friday night, they can just play and they can just go execute, but we got to put them in the right spots and it's going to be uh, a tall task this Friday night for sure. Well, Coach, I, I agree with you there. And uh, so offensively, Coach, I know y'all have run a great spread package. I know this past game versus Horn Lake, I noticed a few extra wrinkles where y'all were running a two or three on one side and a tight end on the other. Even had a guy who was ineligible on the line on a couple plays. Uh, you know, some uh, you know some overbalanced or you know however you want to call it. Um, you know, some unique stuff, some new unique wrinkles that seem to be pretty successful to the run game. How do you feel like you're going to match up when it comes to uh, Center Hill style of defense, who kind of swaps back and forth between the three front and an, and an even front? You know, that's where it gets really difficult. You know, we, we've sat around, uh, you know, definitely spent more time meeting uh, today than we have probably any other game, uh, just simply because on both sides of the ball, you do get stuff that's so much different. And, um, you know, they do a great job. And, and I tell you, those, the, the D-line and those linebackers are, uh, are really good, you know, and it's going to make it very difficult for us to run the football. But uh, we know that that's a key to our success, so we're, we're going to have to try to find a way. So, um, you know, just kind of going through and, and picking our opportunities. And, and again, we're going to have to make sure we put our kids in, in the best place that we possibly can because, uh, you know, again, what they do on defense is, is really good. And, um, you know, it can be a, a difficult night if we're, not, if we're not really locked in on what we're trying to do. I hear you, Coach. I hear you. Well, Coach, I hope you guys have an awesome week of practice and things go well for you. Uh, good luck with that style of defense, you know, working that discipline stuff because I, I wish that to anybody. When I watch our guys at practice and on Friday night, you know, we've had some struggles because of different things, you know, players missing and injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, I know those kids are really going to be fired up for Friday, so I know it's going to be a great ball game, a lot of intensity, and kids are going to be real high emotion and a lot of excitement. So, uh, it should be. It should just be a great environment, and I uh, I hope you guys do well, and we wish y'all luck from this uh, 
from the podcast. And uh, don't get me wrong, there's a personal part of me that says, you know, hey, I hope you don't have a perfect game. You know, my Center Hill guys, you know, I got to stay loyal to. But I'm hoping for a good game. I want guys to have fun and it come down to being just, a, you know, a great team, great respect, great, you know, great sportsmanship. You know, that's one thing uh, rivalry sometimes lose sight of is that, you know, no matter the outcome, I don't want it to be a situation where it's marred by, you know, bad actions or kids taking advantage of things or whatever that kind of nature and uh, that we can keep it. There's nothing better than a good rivalry. You know what I mean? And uh, I think we have an opportunity to do something we can build on both communities with this game. And uh, they've got perfect head coaches for that kind of situation. So, uh, uh, wish you luck, Coach, and again, thank you for your time, man. Hey, I appreciate it, and uh, again, we're excited to see everybody out at Jamestown, seven o'clock Friday night, man. It's going to be uh, a beautiful night, and and uh, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of great energy. Don't want to miss this atmosphere for sure. Absolutely, Coach. Again, thanks for your time, and uh, y'all have a good week of practice, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. Great interview, Zach. I can't wait to hear what we have from them next week. Last but not least, let's go ahead and get Coach Russell on the phone. All right, guys, I've got Coach Russell here. Coach, how are we doing on this fine Sunday? I'm doing good. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing swell, doing swell. Coach, I feel like we're, you know, a broken record. You know, it was a tough Friday night again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to have not a tough Friday night for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, Coach, you know, I got to say, um, when I watch the tape and, you know, talk to some people at the game, man, you know, it seems like y- y'all always seem like y'all are the better team stepping on the field. And either, you know, uh, you shoot yourselves in the foot, victim of circumstance, or the other team just happens to make some big plays at the right time. Seem to be the key ingredient that's uh, tripping y'all up to get the W. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, you, you cut on the tape and you watch our kids play, and we're doing so many good things, both on offense and defense. You know, offense, you know, we had 154 yards rushing in the first half with our running back. and we had right at 200 with, you know, the quarterback and everybody else in there. So we really were controlling the line of scrimmage. Again, we had penalty issues, uh, and I could find almost every one of them on film. They're there. They're issues that we're, we're attacking. We're getting our hands outside. Uh, we had some false starts on some stuff that, you know, a lot of times let, are let slide. But, you know, a guy leaning forward in the stance, you know, it technically, yeah, that's a, that's a false start. And so – uh, those things were called, and those kind of just constantly put us behind the sticks. We drive the field, we get down to the twenty-yard line. It's first and and ten at the twenty, and then by the time you look up, it's first and twenty. You know, and, and it's just those things are hard to do. There's not a whole lot of plays that are in a playbook for first and twenty, and uh, we were able to actually overcome a couple of those. But you know, still, that's just uh, that. Those are drive killers. Oh yeah, coach. I- I know that's tough to watch, man. You know, just see your kids excel, 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 and then to have those things stump you like that, it's got to be defeating. It's got to be defeating. Well, yeah, you know, you look at the, the aspects of playing football. You look at blocking, tackling, and, and running the ball, and, and, and all of those things, and we see our kids out there performing and doing really, really well, but then we shoot ourselves in the foot with a false start penalty and put ourselves behind the chains, or we, or we get a holding call. I mean, those things we have – got to clean those things up because those are the things that are really holding us back again we dominated the line of scrimmage in the first half uh and our defense holds holds them to zero points in the first half i mean you know you're supposed to be ahead in a game like that when you rush for over 200 yards in the first half coach yeah that's tough uh, i mean like when you say if, there, if there's a recipe for a good win 
those are key ingredients. And so I, I hate to, I hate to see that's happened. And, you know, and it seems like, like I said, a repeat or a broken record. Um, but, you know, let's talk about that second half. You know, y'all come out, uh, DeSoto Central gets the ball. They make a very lengthy drive and are able to capitalize on it and score. Um, and then from that point on, y'all are able to come back and score doing exactly what you did in the first half. Run right, run left, doing some zone read option things. Uh, and the quarterback's able to get it right up the pipe. And, man, he's quick. Man, he's impressive. And y'all score. And then it just from that point on, it seemed like DeSoto Central just kind of turned into a new gear. You know, when you watch the kids, it, you saw some kind of uh, some chippy uh, play, guys getting after it, maybe a little extra uh, chin music at the whistle, uh, you know, guys kind of taunting a little bit, both, you know, not in a ne- negative way where you throw flags like that, but you could see the emotion that kind of took a, a step up, if that makes sense. You know, once the scoreboard started getting lit up. And, uh, you know, I think DeSoto Central was just able, like you said, we talked a minute ago, they were able to come back, score on a big pass play, on a seam route to uh, Muscle White. Um, and then from that point forward, it just kind of seemed like their wheels were turning right and we were having more problems, you know, shooting yourselves in the foot or getting stalled out with penalties right after that and thus kind of led to the final score. Would you, would you think any differently than that? Yeah, you know, you look at our second half and, uh, you know, they didn't punt. They did not punt in the second half. You know, they everything kind of clicked for them in the second half. And, you know, really what happened uh, defensively was we had some guys get out of position. Uh, they stepped up when they were supposed to step back, and we got some guys, you know, you mentioned the, the seam route there to Muscle White. You know, we, we had a guy get out of position, or actually two guys get out of position, and that's what created that seam there for them to complete that ball and, and us not to be able to challenge it. So, you know, those are some things that we've got to get fixed. You know, when you're out of position, uh, you, you may get a big play here or there, but eventually it's going to end up burning you. And so uh, that's something we'll look at film, and we have looked at film already, and we're going to get fixed uh, there so that we're always kind of in the right – we're always in the right position uh, and ready to make those plays. Now, offensively, you know, we've uh, we had two real possessions in the second half. You know, you mentioned them having a long scoring drive uh, on their first drive, and we got the ball. There's right at six minutes left to go in the third quarter. We pretty much ate the rest of the third quarter when we had the ball. So we had one possession in the third quarter. We score. Uh, we get the ball back in the fourth quarter, and we have one possession, and we stalled out on that drive, just, just didn't hit the plays, and we stalled out. Uh, we did have to punt, and uh, that was our last real possession because after that it was five minutes left to go in the game and we're down by 14 points and we're having to press the ball and throw the ball in order to get it down to the other end to, uh, to leave ourselves a chance to, to make a play for the game. Yeah, Coach. You could definitely read it in the writing on the wall by that point. You know, it's almost like your defense knows you become one-dimensional. And when you have that much time left, you got to pass the football. you got to spread out the field and hope for big chunks. And uh, you can't have a long, sustaining drive. Otherwise, you just won't have the time to be able to make up the gap. And uh, it seems like the Southern Central will just kind of, you know, like I said, they pin their ears back. We're coming hard. Another quarterback got hit a couple times in the backfield. Uh, and it, like I said, it cost you the drive. And after that, I know the wind just fell out completely when y'all went for it on fourth down the last couple of times, which you had to. It's a good decision. You, you know, this four-down territory when you're less than five minutes and down 14 points. And, you know, you just weren't able to make it uh, make it count and get the first down or score. And, 
You know, and that's kind of the reason the score looked lopsided. But the reality of it is it wasn't a lopsided game. Uh, you know, y'all were tight all the way to the very end. And I get they were able to score a late one, you know, uh, off a missed tackle. And, I, you know, running back, making a good bounce to the outside and make a heck of a play. Um, you know, so it just, you know, that's victim of circumstance. And I, I know it was a tough loss, especially for a whole crowd. But, Coach, like I told anybody before the game, and I'll say it afterwards, is that uh, if I had money on the game, I would have bet on you guys all the way. I think y'all are a phenomenal team. And, uh, you know, I think this game played two more times, three more times, you win them. Uh, I think y'all, like I said, I think y'all are fixing things. You're getting to where you need to be. And there, here's the thing. You're only, you're only 0-1 in your division. I mean, that's it. You, that was your first division game, and you have several more uh, ahead, and all of them are winnable, and you could win out and be number one in the district. And so, uh, you know, don't, don't, I wouldn't tell the boys to hang their hat and just be real positive and continue to build, and I think it'll be a formidable opponent. Yeah, we're going to sit down tomorrow when we get the kids, and first thing we're going to do is we're going to dive into this film, spend uh, more time. You know, normally we have a lot about an hour on Mondays for film study, it'll probably be more than an hour and a half because I want to watch this with everybody and, and show the positives and the negatives, you know, show the great things that we are doing, but I also want to show the things that are holding us back. And, and what are these issues that are that are allowing us to, you know, to have 200-something yards rushing and throw and catch the ball and then all of a sudden we're not able to, to score? You know, we need to see those and see what we need to actually go fix. Uh, and I agree 100%. You know, you're 0-1 in the region, uh, but you have six more region games to go. And, you know, you go win out in the region, you have an opportunity to win the region at that point. You know, you can be a playoff team. You, there's so many things that are right there still uh, in front of you, and there's so, still so many things to play for. Um, also, like you said, the game was close. I mean, it was close all the way down. You've got a tie ball game at the end of the third quarter. You know, it just uh, you know circumstance of where the clock was and us having to go for it a couple of times late there, uh, tacked on a couple of extra scores. But it was uh, the score definitely doesn't show what what occurred in the game for sure. Absolutely, coach. Coach, if you want to talk about any kids that kind of stood out to you Friday night, you know this is a great time. Anybody offensively or defensively that really kind of stepped up and uh, you want to highlight? Yeah, you know, I, I again, I Traylon Oliver is just showing out. He's having a fantastic year. I think he's averaging over eight yards a carry right now. And just, and you know, in 6A football, that's 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 pretty tough to do. But that kid's doing really, really a good job. I think our offensive line's blocking well for him. We've got to clean up the holding penalties and stuff. But as far as just dominating the line of scrimmage, our kids seem to be able to do that week in and week out. Uh, that's exciting to see. Coach, I'll tell you this, when you talk about the offensive line, I have to say there was a little bit of a big battle there with your right tackle. The left defensive end for DeSoto Central and him were going at it all night long. A lot of extra on those plays, a lot of little bit of extra even after the snap and after the whistle, as they say. Uh, you know, so I, I could definitely tell there were some emotions attached to it. And but I do want to say you're right; they did a good job. And anybody who averages eight yards rushing, I don't care what division you're in, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and you know we're just we're just going back in. You know we've got a, uh, a you know a mindset of let's go clean up the things that are that are messed up, and you know we continue to to assess the film day in and day out. We watch film every day at practice. We grade our kids every day at practice, and our goal is just to get better every single day. Find something that we can improve on, and you know we're taking this film, same thing. We're going to see what all we can fix and 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 tune up and be a better team. You know, be a better team for it. 
Coach, let's talk about next week. Friday, y'all have the infamous Sal Panola. Now, Sal Panola ended up beating Hernando uh, decently. I think it was like 29 to 12 or something like that, but it wasn't a blowout by any means. But what can you tell the listener to expect from uh, playing Sal Panola? Well, you know, they're a big physical team. You know, you know the first thing you got to do with Sal Panola is, is, is those guys are – you know, they have a reputation of being big, strong, and physical, and there's nothing different than that when you turn on the film. I mean, they're, they're big, they're fast. Um, you know, but I think you still have to be yourself. You know, again, like I said, we're, we're controlling the line of scrimmage week in and week out. You know, we need to be able to do the things that we do successfully. Uh, we need to complete some passes uh, as well just to keep them all out of the box on offense. And then in defense, you know, they're going to win football games by running the football. They do throw it. Um but they're going to win the football game by by, by running the football. So it's no uh, it, it's no surprise that if you're going to beat them, you've got to be able to stop the run. And so that's what we're looking at trying to do. Yeah, Coach, um, I think that's what Hernando did. I think they stacked the box up most of the game and said you got to beat us passing. But unfortunately, South Manolo is just versatile enough. They were able to move the ball pretty well. And like I said, 29 points to get the W uh, versus Hernando, which is no slouch. And But, you know, I know there was a lot of emotion in that game considering Hernando beat him last year. Um, so I know that film probably got some great stuff on it. But, Coach, we want to wish you good luck this Friday. Now, you want to tell everybody, is that a home or away and uh, time kickoff? Yeah, it's a away game. It's uh, 7 o'clock there in Batesville. There you go, guys. Everybody listening, go out and support your conquistadors. Be there Friday night, 7 o'clock. I get there a little early. Place is quite an environment. By the way, they have some great food on the sideline. Trust me, talking from personal experience. Um, and uh, go and root on to your conquistadors, man. Their season's not over. Uh, you know, they might have had a few hiccups or stumble here and there, but the season's got a lot left to it. And I think that's going to really surprise some folks to see how they finish out strong and be a contender for the playoffs as well as state. Coach, really appreciate you joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And we wish you, your guys, your coaches, everybody good luck this week. Stay healthy and have a great game and go get us a W Friday. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Great interview, and thanks for coming on, Coach. Thanks for listening to the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Dustin Hector. And now that your three brain cells are saturated with football knowledge, go tell your friends where you got it. See you next week. Guys, we really hope you enjoyed those interviews and got to learn a little bit more about the programs from each one of them. You know, right now I know they're struggling a little bit, but hey, you know what? They're working out the kinks, and I know it's going to make for a great second half of the season. Uh, I know all of them right now feel, you know, kind of defeated with an 0-1 record in district, but the reality of it is is that there's a lot of season left. A lot of things can change, and don't forget, guys, COVID is still around the corner. At any moment, everything could be thrown into a tailspin. Let's just be happy these kids are getting to play, enjoying the games, and and they got great coaches leading them the way. No, and like you said, with what you're battling with Center Hill, I remember that as DeSoto Central because there was a time where we were that small school. And in fact, you were a coach during yep. that time where we jumped from 3A to 6A. And it's just like, uh, 
what are we doing? But I mean, I remember when we had 10th graders and that was the highest level we had and we're playing against seniors and juniors. Right. So, I mean, sometimes you're just in those transition periods. And right. You just got to do what's best for the kids. You want them to have a good experience. I know everybody wants to win yeah. and everything else, but, you know, I feel like even the years you're talking about when I was a coaching, you know, that were some of my best years of coaching is because I felt like I saw guys grow the most. I feel like they enjoyed what they were out there, win, lose, or draw. Uh, and so that's the most important thing is that the kids are enjoying themselves, they're learning from adversity, and they're becoming better and stronger men for it. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, let's go ahead and try to make these listeners a little bit of money. That's right. We have a Monday Night Football pick. It's not going to be the one that I want to give, but we're going to be riding the Dallas Cowboys minus three and a half point favorites. It's around a scary number because that three is such a key number in football with field goals, but we're not going to worry about it. The Cowboys are going to win by probably seven or eight points. They have the best unit in the game with that offense and probably in the entire NFL it pains me to say, as I'm not a Cowboys fan, wow. I know, but that offense is so electric. They have so many skill positions, and then Dak is truly looking healthy. So I'm going to ride in a division game against the Philadelphia Eagles, the best unit on the field, and it will overcome their lack of a defense. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Make your bets wisely uh, and don't overdo it. But just remember, cash is not always perfect, but we hope he is. Yeah. I mean, we're one for one, but we're still positive and we will be two and one at the end of the week. And you know, we're trying to get you a little bit of Christmas money. Let's go ahead and get a brand new bicycle <laughs> oh, or something. Oh, man. Come on. Don't, don't overlook Halloween. People need to be able to buy candy for Halloween. Don't be going past that Christmas stuff. No, you're right. You know, how dare I? You know, we're going to be giving away full-size candy bars by the time we get to Halloween because we're up so much money that's what we're going to be doing i like it i like the confidence i like the confidence guys we hope you've been enjoying the show and if you do like our show we hope you check out our brothers down there in hernando they do under the water tower podcast a very similar show same kind of style and format for their community it is truly an enjoyment to listen to but lastly guys we want to ask you a favor if you are enjoying what you're hearing please make sure you're sharing and telling a friend we want to expand our show and get more listeners that means we need your help please let everybody know and we really appreciate it guys we're going to get out of here i know it's been a long episode but we hope you enjoy it so until next week i'm zach and i'm cash we'll see y'all then